Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, it's the KC Royal 7, the Cleveland Guardians 6. I'm David Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And you know, I'm going to admit to you, uh, this September has a much different feel than last September. Uh, you know, last September, being in a playoff race, knowing we were going to the playoffs, uh, it, it made it made those September games much more enjoyable. This September, it's a bit of a grind. It's a bit of a grind, but there there's some good news. There's some things to talk about. We're always going to find the positives. And, you know, we've <laughs> we've come this far, morning people. Right, we've committed ourselves to this season. We committed ourselves to this team. We owe it to ourselves. I, I was saying to my wife, I, f- I feel like I'm on the last mile of a marathon where I'm like, okay, I, I've done it. I've proven to myself I can do it, but I still have to finish. I still have to cross that finish line. And uh, I appreciate those of you who are coming along for the ride with me and uh, are determined. Determined, even though the rest of the sporting world has moved on, we are determined to finish this baseball season and squeeze every last positive we can out of this team and out of this game. Like for the fact that Bo Naylor is third on this team in OPS. Did you realize that? Bo Naylor has got his OPS, another home run tonight. His, uh, I believe it was his ninth, yes, home run on the season. He's got his OPS up to 787, which puts it third on the team behind Naylor and behind his older brother, Josh Naylor and Jose Ramirez. So, you know, we keep squeezing the positives out of this thing. So let's get into the storylines of this game. And uh, actually, I got a ton to talk about tonight. My God. Uh, not only that, of course, we got our normal set of emailers that came in. Uh, also want to uh, shout out Jeff in Columbus because he did point out to me uh, the article written by uh, Anthony Castrovitz, who at one time, a long, long time ago, was the beat writer for MLB.com here in Cleveland. So he's always carried a connection to Cleveland. And he wrote a really great piece about Jose Ramirez's legacy and the philanthropy and the inspiration he is for the youth right here in Cleveland and back home in the Dominican Republic. And uh, Jeff wanted to make sure I got a chance to read it. Jeff, I finally did get a chance to read it today. And uh, you were right. Uh, he said, a beautiful story that paints a full picture of Jose, the man, the player, and hero to many. Don't forget the the, the father and the family man, too, which is a big aspect of the article. So I just wanted to shout that out at the top of the show and let Jeff know uh, that I did get a chance to read it finally today. And if you want to check it out, it's it's all over social media. It's all over MLB's website right now, uh, the article by Anthony Castrovince. So uh, thank you, Jeff, for that. All right, now let's get into the storylines of the game. And uh, I, look, you, you put yourself in that kind of hole uh, where you're down at first 4 nothing. Uh, you make it a... Th- Two to four game, but then you're down seven to two after a three run bottom of the fifth. Michael Kelly, again, Francona is not very competitive with his bullpen decisions. Uh, definitely puts the uh, the B squad out there tonight out of the bullpen, and uh, we start in a in a seven to two hole. 
It's a deep hole to climb out of. You got to give credit, though, to this team for the fact that they did battle and they scratched across runs in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. They put numbers on the board. And uh, they at least made it a contest. Now, with that being said, they also went three for fifteen with runners in scoring positions. So uh, they 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 scored more than their four runs, which usually leads to a Guardians win, but uh, not when you put yourself in that kind of a hole. Like you're just uh, you're <laughs> it's literally too big of a mountain to climb for them on this night. They come close. I mean, they had. I understand a lot of you are probably frustrated. Like, I, I'm not that frustrated because I I know this is just an average team and I know we're not going to the playoffs. And I, at this point, I don't think we're even going to finish 500. But, uh, so I, I'm not going to even allow myself to get that frustrated by it. If this were a playoff race and this game happened or this series against Kansas City happened, yeah, I would be livid if we were actually like a game back of the Twins right now. And we had runners on second and third. Then we had a tying run on third base. The go-ahead run on second base in the eighth inning with nobody out. And the side gets struck out. Nobody can hit a weak chopper to second base that scores a run. Nobody can hit a sack fly. Nobody can do anything to get that run across. Yeah, you darn right I'd be pissed off. I just... At this point in the season, I'm just not gonna let I'm not gonna let these things bother me. Like it, it is what it is. Uh, bad teams are gonna not bad. They're average. They're average. Kansas City is bad. Average teams are gonna find a way to finish 500. That's just what they do. And losses like this are in this series are reasons why the Guardians are gonna be around 500. I mean, their inability to compete against their own American League Central division rivals. He's kind of what torpedoes this season. Uh, what they did against Texas is the perfect example of that, right? Uh, they they take it to Texas. They sweep the Rangers, and then they fall into the lowly Kansas City Royals. All right, now let's get into actual specifics about this game. So, I mean, the offense did have one heck of a night. Six runs crossed, ten hits. You can't complain about that, but... Uh, as Marlon is going to point out in his email, yeah, they there were so many situations where uh, the Guardians could have blown this game wide open. And uh, the second inning is the perfect example of this. Now, they're facing... They're facing for the Royals. Uh, they're facing Cruz. Uh, Steven Cruz, who is a rookie who had been actually saving some games, actually closing a little bit in the minor leagues this season. He's got, He had nine saves at double-A this season before moving up to triple-A, where he actually didn't pitch well. He was carrying a 6.88 ERA in triple-A. Uh, so he's mostly pitched in relief, but he kind of gets a job as an opener here uh, in this one, and he's falling apart in the second inning. After giving up a double to Gabriel Arias, who, by the way, hammers the thing at 106.4 miles per hour, would have been a home run in 26 out of 30 ballparks. My God. Um, So after a two-out double there, he walks Bo Naylor, he walks Stephen Kwan, and that would bring up Jose Ramirez. So they would go to their bullpen. Uh, They would bring in uh, Marsh to kind of take over and uh, piggyback off Cruz. Marsh would go... Four and a third innings pitched. I mean, Mar- 
Marsh would throw how many pitches here? Uh, 70 pitches. So, I, basically, yeah, it's the opener for a starter. That's kind of what it felt like on this one. Um, to fa- But he comes in to face Jose Ramirez here in the second inning. And I, it made me want to look it up because uh, Ramirez can't get the job done. He, uh, he ends up grounding out to uh, Nick Prado, who uh, fires across the diamond to throw him out. Uh, so he can't get the job with the, done with the bases loaded. And it made me think, I feel like Jose has come up a lot this season with the bases loaded. I don't remember many moments. And so uh, I went to his baseball reference page. Sure enough, this does not include tonight's game. He's only one... Uh, one for nine with uh, two walks. So in 12 plate appearances, he's got one hit this season with the bases loaded. That makes him a 111 hitter with the bases loaded with a 694 OPS. He does have one. His one hit was a grand slam against Kansas City in Kansas City back on uh, June 28th when the Guardians won 14 to 1. Uh, I, this the site I'm on when I found this game. It says a special one. Bo Naylor flashes potential with his first MLB homer. So quite a memorable night. Uh, it was a zero-zero game uh, early on, and Ramirez hit a grand slam in that one. That's his only hit this season with the bases loaded. Now the the reason this has stood out to me is because this is not common. The 111 batting average with the bases loaded for Jose Ramirez is not common for his career. He's a 303 hitter with the bases loaded. He's got a 932 OPS. This this guy can hit with the bases loaded. He's proved it his entire career. Just something this year. It's just not there. Um so yeah, so uh unfortunately he can't get it done with the bases loaded there in the second and, and there would be so many more opportunities. Every one of these rallies was a chance for for more runs to come across and score. After they finally broke things open and scored their first two runs in the fifth inning, there was still nobody out with Naylor on first base, and it it ends very fast. Calhoun flies out, and Loreano grounds into a double play, and there goes the rest of that rally. Uh, Yeah, just Quan with the uh, triple gets stranded at third base uh, by Ramirez in the sixth inning, so there was another runner in scoring position. You left out there. Um, Gabriel Arias would ground out with runners on the corners. Again, another triple. Andres Jimenez is great. Uh, you know, drives in Cole Calhoun, but uh, he's stranded at third base after Brennan would walk, and then Arias would ground out. Uh, and then after the Bo Naylor home run, Quan walks. Jose Ramirez singles. There you're set up again. You're set up to get that run across. And Naylor strikes out, Calhoun strikes out, and Ramon Laureano strikes out. So the middle of the order, not their best night. Um, although Calhoun did have two hits, it just didn't have any RBIs on the night. It just didn't happen when we needed it with runners in scoring position. So uh, I got to give credit where credit's due to uh, James McArthur, who came out of the bullpen in that situation with Quan and Ramirez on. And uh, he just went to work against the heart of our order. He gets Josh Naylor uh, after two called strikes, gets him to chase two curveballs down. Uh, the first one is at his knees that he fouls off. The second one is way out of the strike zone that Naylor goes 
and chases to strike out. Um, then Cole Calhoun comes up. He's pounding the lefty inside, pounding him inside uh, with curveballs, with sinkers, with sliders. Finally locks him up with a sinker, with an elevated sinker on the inside half of the plate and just locks Cole Calhoun up. Maybe he was looking for another breaking ball. Maybe he was expecting another slider or another curveball. He'd already seen three curveballs in the at-bat. Uh, but I don't know. Locks up Cole Calhoun there. And then Ramon Laureano uh, starts by attacking with sliders. When that doesn't get him there, he's in a 1-2 count. Then he switches to the curveball and finally gets him to chase a curveball out of the strike zone. So I give credit to James MacArthur. He pitched you know, a heck of a game there, a heck of an eighth inning coming into a situation where there's two runners on and you're protecting a one-run lead. And he strikes out the side. So uh, I got to give credit to the to James MacArthur again. MacArthur is not a strikeout pitcher. Uh, you know, another rookie. Uh, he's appeared in 14 games so far this season uh, for KC. He's got a whiff rate of 21.6. He's got a K percentage of 18.2, which would put him in the bottom half of the league uh, if he qualified uh, in his percentile rankings. So yeah, uh, the curveball does it. It's not even that super high of a whiff rate. Uh, it's only a twenty-seven point nine percent whiff rate. Uh, but uh, worked on the Guardians tonight. So uh, MacArthur saves this game for the Royals. I guarantee the Royals podcasters. Uh, he is in contention for MVP on the day if you're doing a Royals podcast, uh, just because it was such a high leverage moment with those two runners on. So, yeah, so uh, the Guardians offense, uh, again, uh, scoring six runs, ten hits, it's good. It's good, but you had just you had so many opportunities with runners in scoring position, and we just needed a few more heroes on this night. Uh, we needed the offense to pick up the pitching, and it looked like they were going to get there. It really looked like they were going to get there, and they just fall short. Um. On the pitching side of things, yeah, it, it, it was bad. Uh, Logan Allen only lasts three innings, only throws 68 pitches, gives up eight hits. Remember his last outing, he didn't, you know, he wasn't incredibly sharp, but he only gave up one run. He gave up, I think it was five hits and three or four walks in his last outing. I looked it up while the game was going on. Uh, but this one, he gives up eight hits. He, he in two walks, does give up a home run in this one. Uh, but gives up four runs in this one. So, uh, you know, can't do the same thing he did last time where he limits the damage. This time, uh, the damage gets to him. Uh, he only lasts three innings in this game, which is troubling. Like, I got to be honest with you. I know we're very proud of our rookies, of Bybee, of Gavin Williams, and of Logan Allen. And Xavier Curry, to, you know, to an extent, a little bit proud of him too this season. But, you know, we're going to go into next season with like seven or eight starters. Like, legit could be on the MLB opening day roster starters. And they're not all going to be able to be there. And I think Curry could continue to pitch out of the bullpen. I think, though, right now, looking at the rookies and looking at, you know, guys like McKenzie and Bieber coming back, which uh, we get, we got a report from one of our emailers from Jeff and Columbus who saw McKenzie live tonight. Uh, Bieber is going to start, I believe, on Friday, they announced. He's ready to come back from that injury and pitch a few major league innings before this thing is done. 
Uh, we actually had to put uh, Matt Moore on waivers to clear room for him. Uh, he ended up, Matt Moore ended up getting picked up by Miami, so he's gone. Um, so we are going to see Bieber, but with those guys coming back and Quantrill and the other rookies he's going to be competing with, I definitely, right now, a lot can change this winter. Trades can happen. Um, yeah, we Guys can come into spring training and look one way or another. Injuries, all sorts of things can happen. So I'm not saying in March I'm going to be singing the same tune. I'm just saying right now, I would say Logan Allen is probably going to start the season back at AAA. He's got some more things to work on. Uh, it's, it's a heck of a changeup, which he doesn't use a lot tonight. Uh, I was surprised because it's one of his more effective pitches, but he only threw it nine times tonight and uh, didn't get any whiffs on it. Now, this is the pitch that has his highest uh, value, run value, on uh, on his StatCast page. Uh, his changeup gets the highest whiff rate of all his pitches, just barely ekes out the uh, sweeper and slider. But it's got a plus five run value uh, along with the sweeper, which has a plus four. Every other pitch is a negative number, and he didn't use it tonight. So I don't know what the decision was there. It just seems like he's got more to work on, whereas Bybee right now feels like almost a lock to open the open the season on the opening day roster, right? He has penciled him in as definitely going to be a starter for your Cleveland Guardians next year. Logan Allen still seems like there's some work, and uh, with everybody coming back, it's going to be hard for him to find a spot. If you had to make me guess who's going to be starting that season at AAA right now, uh, he would be an easy choice for me to make based on the information we have right now. Uh, so yeah, so uh, it's a disappointing game by him. Uh, Michael Kelly gets gets blown up. He has a terrible game. Uh, in one inning, a one inning pitched, he gives up three runs, only two earned. Uh, but yeah, he has a rough outing, and now the Guardians are down seven to two. And uh, luckily, the the rest of the bullpen actually held their ground and gave them a chance to get back in this game. Karen check with two strikeouts and hit his inning of work. Eli Morgan puts up some nice to see zeros and has a strikeout in his inning of work. Xavier Curry gives up a hit, but no runs in his inning of work. And Sandlin uh, gives up a hit, but has a strikeout and doesn't give up anything in his inning of work. So good job by those four, you know, not your most high leverage guys, of at least giving the offense time and a chance to get back into this game. So uh, that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, it's It was a long game. There was a lot going on there. Nice to see Bo Naylor with that big home run. Uh, I kind of felt that one. It just, it felt like all he had done on the night was walk so far. So I think he was like 0 for 1 with two walks or something like that going into the at-bat. So it was nice to see him make some contact and uh, drive one. Uh, Let's take a look at that home run there in the eighth inning. 101.9 mile per hour exit velocity, 32 degree launch angle, 400 feet, 30 out of 30 ballparks. This thing is gone. What pitch did he get here off of Carlos Hernandez okay see it's always interesting when you go to the matchup because uh, Hernandez decided I he was just gonna absolutely pound him inside with fastballs that's all it is four four seam fastballs in this at bat just absolutely pounding inside 
Um, the first one he takes off the plate for the ball. A second one he takes off the plate and down for a ball. The third one he gets aggressive with. He fouls off. The fourth one is actually a little more inside than the third one, but he's able to spin on it. And like we said, hit it 101.9 miles per hour. So the righty Hernandez was trying to pound and pound and pound inside with fastballs. Uh, it didn't work. Bo Naylor was ready for those low fastballs. So uh, a good left-handed quick stroke uh, for the home run right there from Bo Naylor. So uh, there are some things to be happy about. Steven Kwan was on base five times tonight. I mean, he was filling up the stat sheet. A double, a triple, three walks, two RBIs, and a run scored for Steven Kwan. The only thing he didn't do tonight was hit a home run. I mean, he was really filling up the stat sheet there uh, at the top of the order. So... Uh, yes, I'm disappointed as you are. I'd love to see my team win, but I at least was glad we saw the fight to play this game all the way through, and the offensive's trying to come back. They couldn't complete some of these rallies. That's disappointing, but they were at least trying to come back. All right, uh, Marlon has his reaction to this game. Uh, he says, I can't figure this team out. Finished 2-5 and five against the Angels and Giants, but sweep the Rangers. Now they are on the brink of getting swept by the lowly Royals. Uh, they are what they are, a bad team. And, you know, Marlon, I'm not going to say a bad team. I'm not. Uh, there's examples of bad teams out there. They are an average team. Remember that. Remember that. It can be so much worse. Uh, I can't be too upset at Logan Allen's performance because he's pitched very well this year as a rookie. However, Michael Kelly was bad. On the pregame show, they mentioned Bieber will take Matt Moore's spot on the team because he's coming off the 60-day IL. However, Bieber should have taken Kelly's spot. It seems like the Dolans wanted to spin this in order to cheap out and save a few bucks the last couple of weeks of the season by waving more. Uh, you know what? Whether they did or not, I I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter at this point. Um, if the Dolans did try to save a few pennies at the end of the season, then whatever. I, we got to focus on what they're going to do to build next season at this point because this season, it's a lost cause anyways. Uh, once again, stranding runners, Marlon continues, once again, stranding runners in scoring position came back to haunt them. They finished three and 15 with runners in scoring position, left 11 runners on base. We've gone through a lot of these examples he has here. Uh, once Loriano struck out, he said it felt like the game was over. The ninth inning was merely a formality. Shout out to Hemi, Quan, and Bo Naylor for solid offensive output. I'm curious who will take home MVP for the day. Marlon in Birmingham. Uh, and then we had uh, Jeff check in with uh, his report from uh, Columbus. He got to see uh, the Clippers play down there. Always important to keep an eye on the future, keep an eye on the guys that are coming next. He said Tristan went three and two-thirds innings through 62 pitches. He looked okay, hit 94, but sat 92, gave up a few hard-hit balls, including two home runs, Definitely shaking off some rust, but good to see uh, him throw. I hope he feels good tomorrow and can continue his rehab. Uh, you know, they haven't announced whether he is going to come up and pitch in, you know, with the main roster for his next appearance. I would assume so. If he's pain-free and they're getting Bieber up here, I would assume that uh, McKenzie would be up here too just to get a few major league innings under his belt before this thing is over. Jeff did Columbus. Uh, Jeff in Jeff did Columbus. Jeff in Columbus did continue and said Manzardo stole the show. 
Remember the guy we got for Aaron Savali from Tampa Bay, the, the, the big part of this trade deadline. Manzardo stole the show with two home runs and a double. He looks like a very good hitter with some pop. We'll be interesting to see how he fits into the roster next season. I mean, the most obvious way, Jeff, is the Cole Calhoun spot, right? The Josh Bell, Cole Calhoun, platoon with Naylor at first base spot. Like, that makes the most sense, right? I'm not really paying attention, he said, uh, to this Guardians game. Maybe a comeback is in the cards. Well, they were close, Jeff. They were close. Uh, They tried to make a comeback. Thanks for the podcast, Jeff in Columbus. All right. The only thing that leaves us left to do is talk about the sweet baby Rays sign behind home plate at the Kansas City Royals ballpark at Kauffman Stadium. I was shocked, shocked that a Chicago-based barbecue sauce, and I had to look that up, was advertising in Kansas City, the heart of barbecue country. How does Casey Masterpiece or some other local Kansas City barbecue sauce allow that to happen? That's just mind-boggling to me. I get that Montgomery Inn barbecue sauce advertises up here during the Guardians games. It's a Cincinnati-based uh, barbecue place. If you know anybody in Cincinnati, they'll rave about Montgomery Inn just as much as they will Skyline Chili and some of the other things down there. Um so I get there's no real strong, you know, ties to barbecue here in Cleveland. So I get how someone can come into our region and advertise with our local baseball team. But Kansas City, really? Sweet Baby Rays is in Kansas City? Uh, just it felt wrong. <laughs> All right. The real thing we have to talk about, uh, we got to finish up with MVP on the day. And I'm going with Stephen Kwan. I mean, to be on base five times like that, you are doing your job as a leadoff hitter. You are doing everything we ask of you. And, uh, yeah, it's... uh, And not only that, he drives in some RBIs. And I always love when Kwan pulls the ball into that right center field alley. Yes, yes, Kwan and his shots into left field are a thing of beauty. I mean, nobody... You you be hard pressed to find somebody better in the majors at that slash to the opposite field kind of base hit, but he can pull the ball and he can pull the ball with some authority here. And that triple he hit, uh, what was the exit velocity? Let me go back and find. It was ninety seven point one, so it's a hard hit ball. It would have been a home run in twenty eight out of thirty ballparks. Oof. Uh, so the the huge uh, outfield there in Coffin Stadium actually cost him a uh, a uh, two-run home run, but instead it goes as a two-RBI triple, and uh, I love to see Quan doing that. So uh, for filling up that stat sheet, for doing his job as the leadoff hitter, and doing more, exceeding his job as the leadoff hitter, driving in those runs, Quan is my MVP on the day. All right, let's, please, with this day game tomorrow, let's avoid getting swept by the Royals. Please, can we do that? We got Giolito on the mound going against Granky, who is 1-15 on the season with a 539 ERA. Oh, Granky. You might have gone one season too long there. Uh, so, yeah, Giolito versus Granky in the finale at 210 tomorrow. And we'll see if we get the repair Giolito or we get the, you know, very, very crooked number ERA Giolito who pitched in L.A. And, and, and started with us. So we will see which guy we get. Uh, can he command that changeup will be the question. All right. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I know it's a frustrating one, but hey, 
Uh, we found some positives in there, didn't we? It's the Royal Seven, the Guard Six. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know how you're feeling. Let me know your positives, what you're clinging to at the end of the season here, and we'll discuss it on the show. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Morning.